welcome back everybody to Rogue Opinions. And Hello. There's Paul there, I'm Scott. <laughs> and you're joining us at well, of course it's the most wonderful time of the year. No, I'm not talking about Christmas. I'm not even talking about it's now. Fun day. No. Oh, I'm, talking, I'm not even talking about now, I'm talking about all the way back where we were talking about. We were talking about the time we were building up to SummerSlam two thousand. Of course, a magical time where kids are are setting up, leaving cookies and Kendo sticks out for Steve Blackman, hoping he'll come down their chimney and hopefully not beat them in their sleep. Cookies and Kendo sticks. <laughs> Santa Blackman. <laughs> Old Saint Steve. What happened? I stayed up to I stayed up one night to catch Steve Blackman and deliver my presents. What did he do? Well, he got some nunchucks. I thought, are those for me? Those were not for me. No. Look, get back to your bed. The broken face I got was for me. <laughs> Damn you, damn you, Santa Blackman. Yes, but we're here, like I said, we're on the road to SummerSlam 2000. So interesting stuff happening in the WF this time, but you're joining us on the Rogue Rich Mind Review, as I said. Scott McLeod, your usual host, alongside Paul Brown. Hello. How are you doing today, Paul? Excited for both Christmas and SummerSlam? I am, indeed. Mm-hmm. I am, indeed. I I watched these episodes back. I fairly enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Thought they were good. like to be... Carry on going on. Uh-huh. Trish Stratus staying on the usual to prove what she's wee bit wee bit cheeky, you know mm. what I mean? Oh, what do you like? Yeah, yeah, wee, yeah, wee minchie. Just one kind of ruffle the hair, like, oh, you. Oh, yeah, wee trumpet minchie. Getting, winding up that Stephanie. Oh, uh, what do you like? Bending over in front of that Triple H. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Midden you. Anything particular going on with you, Paul, that you want to talk about before well, we get to the show? Yes, yes, I'm, I, like you say, we are building up to this, well, we are in our festive period, but we're building up to the Christmassy day and yeah. all that coming. Uh, I have already organised and sorted some of my Christmassy gifts. That's good. So, I'm feeling good about that. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, you know, settling into the the the, the period of Christmassy festiveness, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and hoping, hoping that I get all the gifts I want to get for everyone, mm-hmm. you know, because it's such a it's such a try at this time of year. You're like, what do I get? What am I spending? Mm-hmm. What am I going to have left once I've spent? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, because you got to think like. The most annoying and mundane adult problems, like yes, I have to deal with Christmas, but I also have to pay bills. Mm-hmm. Christmas bills, ah, <laughs> adulthood, no, <laughs> get away, get away from me, cursed maturity. Mm-hmm. But we all have to fucking deal with it. That's why we drink. We do, yeah. And I'm in that weird bit. Like I have gifts, but I still have some money, but. I want to spend more money because, like, I don't know, are these gifts enough? Should I buy more? It's like, like, I have. I mean, I bought some gifts. Now I have no money. I, I'm stuck between wanting to have money that will last me through December to wanting to spoil those close to me. Just don't, don't get someone an IOU for Christmas. No, 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 I wouldn't do that. IOU one Christmas present. You will get it next Christmas. You'll get it in March. <laughs> Happy March. <laughs> Have a festive March. <laughs> oh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, you'll get shit in March. <laughs> no before, because I've no got any fucking cash. <laughs> there you go, I even made that fucking rhyme, I'm surprised at that. And there you go. 
Uh, well, let's, I shouldn't have sang it, though. No. <laughs> let's go back to the time we didn't need to worry about money at Christmas because we're right in the middle of the summer. It's the summer of 2000. And I was I was maybe still in school then, or just about out of school, but I was still young, damn it. Yes, we all were. <laughs> the number one movie in the UK and the US will be the same this week as it will be next week. Do tell, do tell. Number one movie in the UK, Gone in 60 Seconds, starring Ooh, Nicolas Cage. that Nicolas Cage one and that bud that used to go out with Brad Pitt. Angelina Jolie. Aye, that bud that used to go out with Brad Pitt. And one movie in the US, Hollow Man. That is a fuck. Have you seen that? I've not seen Hollow that Man. That is a fucking great movie. I I strongly recommend you if you get a chance to see that movie, yeah. you see that movie. It is great. I know Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon's a fucking psycho in it. Mm. Well, there you go. And Skunk and Nancy are on the soundtrack, which is really cool too, because they're a great band. Well, thank you for the heads up. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't go into any episode of. Hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. But well, we can't go into any episode of SmackDown without first talking about the Raw that came before it. <laughs> no, no, we we must. And, of course, the recap at the start of Raw. Could it be the ongoing, you know, shenanigans of Shane and the conspiracy? The <laughs> conspiracy. The Rock's triumph. Rock struggles to hold on to the WWF Championship. No. Dealing with that pesky Benoit. No, no, of course not. All The whole opening package of Raw and the opening segment... Is all about the ongoing marital strife between Triple H and Stephanie. Oh, that was that was that was that was must watch TV. Like yeah, fuck your WF titles. We've got we've got a marriage to see got here. A marital strife going on here. So we got that, and then Triple H opens the show in the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. Basically, a big fuck you to WCW. <laughs> yeah. In the same venue where but Goldberg beat Hogan for the title two years earlier. Mm. And so Trubbage comes out with some flowers while the crowd chant asshole at him. <laughs> and he comes out and he begs Stephanie and everything, gives her all this big spiel to you know, get her to forgive him. Like, oh, it was all a misunderstanding. <laughs> and she doesn't seem like she's forgiven him. And then comes Mick Foley, yeah. who, who throws a bottle of water on himself to make it look like he's crying. Like, yeah, like oh, oh my so God. emotional. Guys, I gotta tell you, in all my years, that is. The biggest load of crap I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> Triple H, you walked out on a six on a mixed tag team match, or I think he actually at one point shows the yeah. the a recap of when the, definitely walked out. Well, no, it was definitely walked out on Raw. Oh, we'll get to that. Right. But, oh, yeah, yeah. But like, he shows a recap of the thing where Triple H and Stephanie and and Trish on on SmackDown to annoy Stephanie, and then because you know. Replays you walked down that mixed time match. So tonight, we are going to have ourselves the first ever husband and wife mixed tag team match. <laughs> It'll be the two of you, like right here in Atlanta, Georgia, and taking on The Rock and Lita. Mm. And then later on, uh, I, I had to laugh. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you why I had to laugh when we get to the match. But <laughs> really, so then, uh. Later on, Trish tries to come to the locker room and you'll know, see sorry to Stephanie. Stephanie likes all cordial and then Triple H goes to see Sarah. She says, Can you believe that bitch <laughs> coming in here? I saw the way she was looking at you. <laughs> and then later on, she's I like, saw the way you were looking at her. Hey. Hey. She was looking at you. You were looking hard. What you's up to, you couple of cunts? <laughs> and then. Also later on, you have Stephanie saying like, "Well, you're showing you're showing you know Trish moves like you show me some things you used to." And I like, <laughs> so he, he 
he goes in and show her the same movie he's yeah. showing her. He's like, now you, you bend over, and then you you go be, you go between, and you grab my leg, Trish. I'm, Steph, I'm sorry, I was nervous. And then she yeah. just, she just, she was just shit. You're like, Steph, Steph, ah, damn it. And then she basically does the, kind of something to what he said to her, like, you know what, the hell with the match, and the hell with you. Yeah. <laughs> Those are stuff in the back of the lemon buggers off, and he goes to full, and he like said, like, Stephanie's gone, and everything, like, like, oh, well, you know, like, I guess we're going to have to find you a new tag team partner. Say, I don't know, Trish Stratus, and really like, no, this is what all, this caused all this shit in the first place. This is your fault, you mad old cunt. And then she comes over, like, hey, want to go for some more moves for the match? And he's like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> May as well be like the Mo Barney, being like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> and then she appears being like, eh. And then. Fucking Triple H, like, stop with this. <laughs> yeah, Triple H just gives up. Walks out with Trish, giving her a look as if like, I could actually anybody but you, honestly. I'd rather be teaming with anybody but you. They take on The Rock, and and uh, it starts off mostly with The Rock and Triple H. Uh, Leah, Trish tries to get involved, Leah takes her down. Rock, Leah, Trish gets involved at one point, trying to claw at The Rock's eyes. The Rock guys just picks up Spinebusters, mm. tags in Leah. Leah hurts her with an insult for the one as Triple H, and they are brawling, and then. That. <laughs> <laughs> Leah high tails it because she's Triple H coming and then Triple H is done over Trish Ball later like oh for god's sake the night I've had I'm mm. assuming that's what you're thinking and then The Rock comes in hits Triple H in the oh, back of the chair oh I know I know he's done over recently uh, I, I had I had to look away from the screen until this bit had passed because it was just cringeworthy I was like for god's sake imagine having every year he'd done there Triple H Christ's sake guff awful <laughs> His nose, nose was down there the, the 10 minutes for the rest of his face. <laughs> but So she noticed it was happening before it happened then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, what are you doing nosing down there? <laughs> the, the let's, let's not make Anna, sorry, disgraceful sorry. jokes. It's disgusting enough. Yeah. Conspiracy was at it again on, on Raw. I briefly mentioned he had Angle and Benoit versus the Dudleys. And an absolute fucking mess of a match. Oh, aye, aye, aye. No, it was an absolute <laughs> mess on the on this episode of Raw. It was like, literally, it was all confusing. The guys were in the ring and they didn't look like they knew it. Literally, I think maybe Angle kind of flips over and Bubba catches him in a bubble one, but Angle awkwardly falls as he hits mm. over and like, ugh. And then Bubba had to awkwardly pick him up, spring on the ropes, then hit him with a cutter. Basically, the ref gets knocked down because Benoit gets sent into him. Big Show then comes in to be at the Dillies to help them win, but like, the Dudleys were outside on a table when Big Show ran down like, that's a metal ramp. How does a guy, 7 foot 500 pounds allegedly, running full speed down a metal ramp, how do you not hear that? Yeah. How does he? How does Amanda Big Show sign sneak up on anybody? Yeah, I wonder. Then the, especially according to The Rock, <laughs> how The Rock always said at this point, especially because he goes... <laughs> 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 um, but yeah Big Show then later on came out to fight came and the match never really got started because he was fighting with came before the match and then Angle and Ben were trying to beat him up Yeah, I put a funny bit in my notes here Shane tries to attack tries to attack Kane foreshadowing their feud in 2003 <laughs> and then the Dudleys come out with chairs to, fend, to chase the heels away mm. the heels bravely run away away but the stuff I mentioned about Stephanie and Triple H and the awkward situation at the end of Raw is what's recapped at the start of this and I do like that JR's line here. For the sake of her marriage, I hope Mrs. Helmsley is not watching this. 
Also, the uh, DX got a match with Hedges on Raw, a brief reuniting of Hedges, where like, because obviously uh, there was all stuff. DX, that, you mean you mean Road Dog and X Pac, yeah. right? Well, yeah, yeah. Let's let's be, the let's game out is DX. Let's be legit about this at this point. It's just Road Dog and X Pac because Triple H doesn't care and Billy Gunn's injured. Yeah, and China. China's got herself a better role mm-hmm. with Eddie, and. But like they, so also they've been going after the hugger tail the previous week and that did no success. So, uh, Blackman was very against having to team with uh, with Al, with Al and Al sent back to each other and reunited. And it's like weedy Ted back and forth with sunglasses on, like he's thinking he's Stevie Wonder, mm. but Al accidentally hits Blackman with a candlestick during this no DQ tag match, costing them the match. Yeah, which is unfortunate. But every so often and on, on this show, I, f- I see a match, it's usually an opening or undercard match, never a main event, but I see a match, it's like, wow, this is the most 2000s match to ever 2000. <laughs> most 2000s match to ever 2000, I like your thinking. Man. And every time I, see, I think I've seen the most 2000s match, a new match comes along to top it. And the current champion right now is this opening match for SmackDown after the opener and Triple H uh, waiting for Stephanie and basically tells Trish to fuck off when she writes up all like, you know what, this is all your fault. You're, it's your fault. I haven't spoken to my wife in three days. It's all your fault. Just, uh, just get away get, from me, okay? Get away from me, you're a jinx. He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, see if you won there, Bob, that pure battle uh, you saw, went. See if I was a Dudley. Uh, <laughs> I would find something hard to strike you with. <laughs> but anyway. Get away or I will strike you with my ring hand. Thanks. <laughs> Xbox takes on Scotty Too High at the start of this show. That's this is the the new champion of most two thousands match because like apparently because Scotty is so over and Xbox Heat is so rough. Yeah, like like literally well, Bill during Rick's, this match, the early crowd throughout most of it going Xbox sucks. Literally, Bill rings Xbox sucks. Yeah, Xbox. literally there are times where Xbox being a tag match down the apron not doing anything, or times where he's been on commentary for someone else in DX and sat there and the crowd chant Xbox look like. And I imagine X was like, I'm not even doing anything. <laughs> I get I get no regard. No regard. <laughs> so Road Dog is on commentary, Michael Cole's trying to ask him questions mm. about <laughs> Charlie Xavier. Like, All I know is that man, he's he's smitten with his wife and I hope they go I, I think he's trying to imply something, Mr. Dog. And, <laughs> yeah, he's stirring the stew is what he's doing. <laughs> Scotty hits one move and decides to celebrate with his little dance. <laughs> I like his little dance. They also mentioned that, that Road Dog's going to fight Grandmaster Sexy and they keep going on about this this, this little one upsman shit they've got going on. This is now one of It's a friendly rivalry because we're clearly the best tag team in the WWE. So we're trying to see who was the best singles competitor in the WWE. They, were, they, were, they weren't either, though. Yeah. Xbox <laughs> you know, gets some stuff out on Scotty, but Scotty eventually gets to warm. And you know, you know, we'll warm really if ever finishes a match, but everyone likes to chat along with the W O R M with that Xbox had to go and put his foot on the rope, ruining oh. it for everyone. No, bitch, he sucks. Yeah, he does suck. Uh, Xbox sucks. <laughs> Xbox, he's running rampant here in the Rogue to SmackDown review. I'm, I'm sure Sean Maltman himself is a reasonably nice gentleman, but Xbox sucks. I heard he is, yeah. But, Oh dog! I was shocked. Didn't get involved in this match. I was like, I was literally, I was sitting there. I was waiting for. Yeah, no involvement. I may, have, I may have even pre-taped in. Oh dog gets up from commentary at one point and then had to delete it. <laughs> but no, the ref. You were so sure, weren't uh, you? The referees briefly distracted. As the referees are easily distracted, they're like, 
they like cats when they see a shiny pets when they see a shiny object. Like, ooh, another thing. <laughs> that is the most fascinating thing in the world to me. It's amazing that pets are very like stoners in a way because yeah. if stoners see something shiny, they're occupied for hours. <laughs> like, ooh. Yeah. Then that allows the Xbox to have a low blow X Factor and Xbox gets the win and start off and they're like, oh, that puts the pressure on you, Road Dog, for your match with Grandma's 6 yeah. I, I just think the best part of this match was Road Dog saying, you stirring the stew is what he's doing. <laughs> He would have been a good commentator, I think. Yeah. I really do. Uh, I think he's got a podcast and it's called the. Oh, I think it's literally called "Oh, you didn't know." Oh, no, you didn't know. <laughs> Your ass better call somebody. <laughs> Stephanie pulls up to the arena and Triple H is trying to pull. You're like, listen, Hunter, uh, Hunter, Hunter. Just now, I need space. Okay, step, Hunter. Listen to what I'm saying. I need space. I can't get over the image of you and her and the face <laughs> and uh, then literally said like, I need space and Hunter tried to help her and walk with her and like Hunter I need space like literally like, go away like, go away and then she walks away turns the corner and there's Kurt Angle I know he's like Stephanie just just want to say you know you're going through some tough times in the moment, but if you're just looking for a friend someone to talk to I'm here you need someone to talk to. I'm right here. Yeah, we, we all we all know the situation. We all know a Kurt Angle. Some of us might have been on the receiving end of a Kurt Angle. If you're having trouble with your partner, some I of think. you, some of you also might have been the Kurt Angle. He's of this sniffing situation. about looking to get. He's whole off somebody. Let's know his. You see somebody posting it on online, but he's that kind of people in 2022. You see him post on Facebook about something <laughs> difficult they're going with. Those people who type in "You okay, hun?" or some shit like that. You okay, hun. You okay, hun. Yeah, tell me what's going on. Oh, I'm a good listener. Also a bit nosy. Come on, tell me. <laughs> if a nosy bitch, me. Aye. Cut angles and eyes Aye. Yeah, so, he's like, oh, you know, oh, I see you're... Oh, the girl likes having trouble with her with her man. Oh, better slide in there. <laughs> not Not in that sense. Yeah, but anyway, he said, he asked, Stephanie asked him, do you know where Trish dress is locker room is? Oh, it's right down there. And... Well, we'll come back to that later on. But I, we we should because if I if I recall correctly, test mm. says something. I go oh <laughs> oh. If you had married her, you would be in a better position than you are in now. Mm-hmm. Well, probably no, but well, yeah, but debatable wrestling wise, debatable. <laughs> but yeah, I do like this. Like as soon as I seen Angle come up to Stephanie as she walked away, I'm like, oh, good. There's some stuff in the next couple of weeks I cannot wait to talk about between <laughs> these three. <laughs> but the thing that was happening on Raw, it's happening, you'll see a couple of times here on SmackDown, the hoes are out, are out protesting. I know. <laughs> what is it? Save the hoes! Save the hoes! The whole crowd, save the hoes! Yes, a lot of men and some young children as well. Yeah, well, you know, that was that was the style at the, the time, time for young children and... 18 to 40 year olds went, save the hoes, save the hoes. I mean, if the hoes are ever job, they've lost their pimp, and they know they've no money. They they are without direction. Yes. Because we, their their pimp daddy has turned into a bitch. They have, uh, we've got two main hoes, a blonde one, who I believe we later revealed to be called Mandy, and, and then Victoria. We have Victoria, who, ironically, at this point, you know, she'll be going to be like a great wrestler. She, she, at this point in 2000, has no clue about wrestling. 
she yeah. just has clues about hoeing yes. in the WWE, well, WWF sense. Yeah, because like, I think she was in fitness and she was a bit of a model as well. Yeah. And somebody, literally, she was at the same gym as China and China struck up a conversation with her and China helped. Sort her. of. Right. And so well, apparently she arranged a meeting with the WWF, like, we'll meet you within you. And Kevin Kelly was the one who got back to her and said, oh, we'll break the you in for next month. She went, oh, good, I've got a month. Better learn how to wrestle then. <laughs> And then found a wrestling school, and a couple of weeks into her being at that wrestling school, literally someone from the WF was coming into that school, even though she already had a meeting with them. Yeah. So, again, obviously she's still training, but then appearing on TV as a whole. Mm. I think, I don't know if she knew her, but like she was doing a lot of the same modelling and the same places as Trish. Yeah. So I think they would have seen them both around at the same time, whilst they were brought in around that, the same that time. couldn't have done her any harm, you know, like getting getting the bump, getting the rub for China, uh, you know, um, training, mm-hmm. knowing Trish, who was heavily involved with the dub as well. Well, so. I think they would actually use that, because like, after the whole thing, she goes away, I think she goes to get more training and everything, and then proper has her run in starting or two. And well, it was first, her first major feud was Trish, wasn't it? Yeah, because and then they use that real life stuff, or in the mm-hmm. idea of like, because Trish is constantly on TV, and the idea of like, uh, Victoria feeling overshadowed, yeah. overlooked, and that I, I really enjoyed. Like, see <laughs> Victoria's first big feud with Trish when yeah. she was like psycho uh, chick. I thought that was like, I thought that was money, man. Mm. You know, that was good because I really like. Are you talk about like like female wrestlers at that point. Uh-huh. The fu- you know how my you know my um, profile of a good woman wrestler is, yeah. is some big horse. It's a psycho <laughs> that can beat the fuck out of people. Well. Victoria in that time period was the closest thing you were going to get to a fucking oh, yeah. brutal cycle. I remember in 2021 when she came back for the Women's Royal Rumble. I had, I had two reactions like, first initial reaction, yeah, it's Victoria. Oh, boo, she's not coming out to tattoo. Boo. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember those early promos when she was cycle Victoria, when she would stand in front of a mirror and lose her shit. Yeah. And I thought, I really like this cycle. Ironically, she's in a part of the thing with Right Century Falls Team Richard. It would be rethinking really starting to o three o four where Stephen Richards was this weird, I want to say manager, but he was basically he was weirdly obsessed with Victoria and they had a weird on screen relationship. Yeah, and he came out in pink pants. He did, yes. At one point in o four, he dressed up as an old woman to interfere in uh, <laughs> here in Victoria's matches. Literally, literally, there's a, there's a thing on an Unforgiven pay per view in two thousand four, mm. right, where she where he comes out as an old woman in a match between Victoria and Trish to help Victoria, right, and then after the match. Tyson Tomko, I think she'd been appearing a couple. He'd been here a couple times in this drag and said, "I want to fight this mystery woman." So literally, in Kefi, they sanctioned this rat mystery oldish woman to fight Tyson Tomko before they ripped off the wig in disguise. Like, oh God, it's Stephen Richards, that guy who was associated with Toya. Who would have thought? But yeah, every time I see old women or no, it. like old woman, man, the man. Sorry. Well, could, 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 I'm 37, I'm not old. No, let's call you a man. Could have called me Stephen. No, no, could have called me Stephen. <laughs> I didn't know you were called Stephen. You didn't bother to find out, did you? They started challenging me to matches. <laughs> they started grabbing my attention and I go, Help, help, I'm being repressed. <laughs> Bloody peasant. Oh, do you hear that? Do you hear that? Well, I think with some from his radio sensor promos, people come in and challenge him, like, Ah, see, I would see the violence inherited in the system. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, off off track here. Anyway, look on to the next segment. <laughs> well, it's the conspiracy. <laughs> well, it's a big slow. 
you slowly plod down to the ring. Oh, we were talking about Steve Richards. I, I thought of that conspiracy joke in my head. Uh, I, I thought I'd get like, this is going to be shape. I'm going to do no, it anyway. No, it was gold, man. It was gold. You ran with it. It was funny. Props to you, man. Uh, so it's Shane, Big Show, and uh, Chris Benoit coming out representing the conspiracy. And, no, uh, and Chris Benoit cuts a promo. It doesn't sound shit. Kill the priest. I know. Big Show's just steals the show. Color he, me shocked. Big Show just steals the show for me because he just starts doing like weird hand messages and like taking the piss. Yeah. During this, like at one point they mention K and he's just doing it's like, oh, I'm on fire. I'm on fire. Like he just no, he said so. He's moving his arms. Are like, are you maybe a shit version of Igor? What are you maybe doing here? The thing is, if he tried that shit, the modern era, where everybody be such pussies, oh, he would get, he would get what is that? That word, he would get cancelled. But like... Because everyone's a bitch nowadays. But like, but like, I don't even know if the gesture he's doing it signify being on fire. No, he's <laughs> because just if you like, Because if you're on fire, you don't go like that and shout, I'm on fire. I, I think, and please excuse my use of this word, uh-huh. but I can't think of any other way to put it. Uh-huh. He is basically mimicking the th- fact that Kane's a big spaz. Well, I think you know. they, literally they on screen both people who have been feeling and or himself refer to Kane as quote the big red retard. <laughs> no, and on this can, I, can I point out something uh. that I find very interesting about the network? <laughs> For the fact that they bleep with blood ash, you'd think they'd blood out with fucking shows t shirt and all. The big nasty bastard. Well, I think I think it's not just the network doing I think uh like I said this time they are occasionally bleeping because, like, well, we need to pretend we're making an effort. This bloody RT, PT, oh, I, I know. This bloody PTC, even though we're taking the piss out of them with a the faction. I get it, but like bleeping the word "ass" seems a little petty. Ah, uh, well, you know. But, but anywho, it's a nothing point. So Shane starts listing the members of the group like mentioned: Agent Christian, Kurt Angle. I don't see every, every name he mentions. The crowd. <laughs> And then he talks a bit like, oh, the balance of power in the World Wrestling Federation has shifted into our favour. And look at the people we've taken out. The Undertaker. And literally every time they mention somebody, let's show a clip in case you're a bit slow and you've already forgotten. Yeah, this, 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 this part does seem a little drawn out to me. Yeah, a, like, li- a little longer than necessary. Like, we could have just turned up and then, you know, gone away. Like, oh, we don't have Triple H or Vince trying to do a overly long pro. Shane, you and your pals, out you go. Ah, out you go. Shane, take your really unlikable wee coupon <laughs> with your big diddy pals out to the ring and go talk shite for a wee while. So they show both uh, Taker being taken out and Jericho being taken out by Ben One Show. There's also mm. a thing from Raw of a nasty concerto to Jeff Hardy. Oh, that was... Imagine Christian. That was bad, man. Mm. That was bad. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, like, I don't know if... I don't... Uh, well, I know they clipped him, uh. but I don't know if they meant to clip him quite to the mm. point where he's... Oh. Well, they are playing all the digital steel, like they had doctors coming out, Jeff being carried out. Like, it's weird, like, they, they say, like, we didn't know there's exactly a severe concussion. Like, you must have had some inkling because you make references to the severity of him being hit in the head with an unprotected chair shot. But you didn't stop people getting hit unprotectedly from chair shots. No, no, no. In fact, I think you have one, a nasty one in this very oh, episode. Oh, you do. The, re- the recipient of such is Matt Hardy. Yes. And my God, I've mm. seen it in. You know I like me some good old school chair shots. Yeah. But my god, that was even I went, oof, that looked sore. Look, you know there's that clip of like Ken Shamrock there in the rock to him with a chair and he just does it for long. <laughs> he clips him and, and he knows and he also does it. Even Ken Shamrock will look at that and go, this chair shot on this man and go, Oh, that's a bit far. Oh no, you mentioned the Shamrock one, that one was 
fucking vicious, man, because that was like fucking prime heel rock. Yeah. And Shamrock's going, come on, come on, hit me. And the rock goes, well, you fucking said it. Boof. Apparently in real life, the reason that, that uh, Jericho and Tiger have taken some time off is both of them in real life are off to get married or whatever. Or if they get married. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Who was their best man? I don't know. <laughs> I, always knew those, <laughs> I always knew those two would find each other. <laughs> it was tri- maybe Triple H was maybe his best man, but he went on for two long. Everyone fell asleep during his speech. <laughs> you know, uh... uh on a costume, I was uh, bored myself now. You know, uh... When I met The Undertaker... Uh, <laughs> 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 there was one time me and Shawn Michaels, uh, we... I was one time Jericho called me. I told him to buy a fucking meth and I hung up on him. We both laughed about it. Jericho like, I didn't fucking laugh. You're sounding more like Stu Hart, man. Hey, some kind of whore there. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I was doing my Stu Hart there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Triple Jericho was getting married to his wife, Seda, who he'd also get his, her name of which tattooed on. Yeah. Obviously no longer together. Yeah, no longer has that tattoo. Remember, I don't know the name of Jericho's missus, but I know they're still together, I believe. The, I must day. say, though, well, you know how he had that Sarah tattoo on his uh, throat, right? Yeah. I've seen tattoos being removed. I can't imagine that was fun. No, no, but you know, the Undertaker, the way he talks, like, no, he's a, he's a, you know, men are men. Like, I yeah. may be in tremendous pain, but I'm not going to fucking show it. Yeah, even though my skin is being lasered off. Mm-hmm. Jericho's wife, I don't know much about her. I know they're still together. I know she allegedly was at that Capital Six, that January 6th riot, but... What's she in need? Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. It's ignorant. Mm. Uh, basically, it's better to say they're still out talking shit. Uh, still the replay and everything. And then they talk about The Rock and Kane as their next victims of <laughs> destruction. Like, if we target you as our victim, then whatever we want, we can take you out. Like that. That. <laughs> and then obviously, you know, it's a long way to say later on it's going to be a big show in uh, Benoit versus Rock and Kane. That's basically the long and short of it. And Stephanie marches into Trish's locker room, just is there with Val, Tess and Albert. And basically told them, like, you stay away from my I don't want you being looking in the same direction as my husband. You know, oh, she's, like you say, she's got like, look, I don't want you near my husband. You stay away from my goddamn husband. And then after a whole bit, she walks off and Tess goes, glad I didn't marry her. <laughs> No, I because your career's going so well he without took, her. He, he took several plot shots of her post them being a girl. Like, literally, they randomly decided, ah, when TNA ter- became a heel group, like, ah, let's hear, whenever they needed enforcers, I know who we should get to take it. These people we don't like, says DX and the and the man helms the faction. Yeah. Or Fajim, I should say. The Fajim. Uh, it's like, oh, let's get let's get your ex-boyfriend and his, your ex-fiancé and his big baldy pal. <laughs> that won't have any consequences. But there was one like that one where they like they had to be the rock, otherwise Rock would be also a number one contender. Like, yeah. and he's just oh shut up, Steph. And then Triple H gets right up in his face. I think I don't know if it's the same one or a different one where Steffi leaves, and literally the first thing Tess says as soon as she leaves, "What a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bitch. I mean, yeah. I mean, he doesn't have the best. I mean, in, in real life, he got a. Be, well, later on, he got to be both on screen and in real life going out with Stacey Keebler, so he's looking real life would look up with women. Oh, was he going out with Stacey Keebler? Yeah, with Stacey Keebler, weirdly. Did she, did, she, did she want to be one of his testicles? 
Yes, yes. Legit, like, what a shitty gimmick that was to give him. Susie Keeler has a weird dating history. She went from, in, in, in the two, 2000, this point in 2000, she's going out with David Flair. <laughs> he was dating well for his show, wasn't he? Right. He was in a vault. They were all in a love triangle where on screen with da- with Daphne, David Flair, and Susie <laughs> Keeler. I'm like, like, this fucker gets either of these two. Fuck off. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> so, she, she was, she was pity David Flair, right? And then, and then, and then I mean, she had an on-screen thing with Sean Stasiak. I don't know if that uh, was also a real thing. I liked him. Yeah. And then she went to test. And then after she left wrestling, she went with George Clooney for ages. I know, she was dating a Clooney dog. And then she got, then she left him. They broke up. And then, yeah, then she finally got married to, I don't know who she got married to, but, for him, she's happy, and I was gonna say somebody, but I thought, no, that's not right because I was gonna say Billy Kidman, but no, actually, he went out with Tori Wilson and really for a couple of years. They may even go engaged at one point, they're no longer together, but ah. literally, the thing was, they're talking about a 2003 pay per view. Did, did she just get tired of him fucking up his finish? Or? The bedroom is one place you don't fuck up your finish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of that one. But anyway, uh, it was an old old Bruce Pritchard one where they talked about Toy Austin and they were they were joking Conrad and Bruce about ah how the hell did Billy Kidman get her and then Bradshaw <laughs> tells a story of that uh, but Pritchard tells then a story about Bradshaw walking into the locker room and you looking over at Kidman and yelling Kidman you're the biggest overachieving son of a bitch in this industry <laughs> which I then if I were Billy Kidman I would have said thank you. <laughs> Oh, I'd have been like that. The biggest overachiever in this industry. I just went, aye, I know. You'd know. (laughs) But Lenny'd have probably killed me. (laughs) Because, you know, Bradshaw didn't like have humour. All you have to do is act like you're not afraid of him and he backs off. Because that's apparently... Let's say you show any terms of retaliation towards JBL, apparently he left you alone. Uh Joey Styles shoved him on his ass and he left him alone. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, up next we have... Uh, Eddie Guerrero and Rikishi teaming up against Taz and Val Venus. Yeah, and you know Eddie's looking cool, China's looking cool. Taz has given up on his singlet and he's gone to the long trousers look. And you know I liked that look. It made him look merry a thug. Mm. And I suppose that is his whole thing. His whole thing. You know when he realised that there was no way in hell the WWF were actually going to put the belt on him. We finally got Paul. That long-awaited thing we were waiting for. That Taz Rikishi match after he cost them twice the Intercontinental title. I know, the fucking prick. Yeah, it was shit. As yeah. well, it was, no, literally, the match was shit. It went like two and a bit minutes, maybe. Yeah. I didn't time it, but it must have been like two or three minutes. It was the match point. was shit, but Eddie did a really good frog splash. No, no, not talking about this. The oh, match on Raw between Taz and Rikishi, after all this, the thing of like, he choked out both members of Too Cool, cost Rikishi the title twice, or was it like a three minute match, maybe? Which ended with, after an overly long Taz mission was carrying into a shit looking Samoan drop. Rikishi won and then had a dance with Tuko. Oh, well. And then also on Raw we had. So they finished the match and then they all had a bit of a dance. And that was much rejoice. Mm. Also on Raw we had China and team against Val and Perry Saturn as well. Mm. Uh, which apparently was born because from the Sunday heat before. Uh, Chain actually challenged Valvius for the IC tail, but Persian got involved, which led to that tag match. And there was also a spot at one point, because occasionally even though Chain is mixed up with quite a few guys at this point, she's been IC champion by this point. 
like there are moments where every so often someone does a move on China and it's like, oh god, how can you do that? I mean, she's still a woman after all, but like, there's a point where Valvina starts punching China, but he does like, doesn't do like, he hits a punch and she goes down like, oh god, don't punch a woman, Val. <laughs> like, it's like she, he does the usual work punches that you do on any, like, huh, huh, and yeah. she, she just sells it as normal, like, which again is a small insight into just how China was treated compared to all the other ones. Like, China basically just takes your, your genetic punch or right hand from a from a wrestler and she just Aye. sells it as normal. It's not a big deal anymore because she's fucking China. Aye. That's how eventually I'd look. Well, that's how I see Rhea. Mm. You know? I, like our last discussion we were having, I, I strongly see Rhea being one of these modern wrestlers that will eventually challenge for a main title. Mm. Well, the Raw match saw Eddie and China get the win after a hurricane ran into a roll-up by Eddie on this Saturn. Uh, but this match, they also advertise a thing. China, the latest issue of China's new Chaos comic. The minute I saw that, uh, I knew I had to find it for my collection. I have to. Let me tell you, so people report, some people might think maybe you're a bit young or maybe just you're just a um, gap in your knowledge of comics. I didn't know much about it. But, well, here's a section I call... <clears throat> I did not. I definitely did not copy this off of Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. Chaos Comics, which it's called Chaos Exclamation Work Comics, so it's Chaos Comics. <laughs> so Chaos Comics was a comic book publisher that operated from nineteen ninety three until two thousand and two, mostly focusing on horror comics. The titles included Lady Death, Purgatory, Evil Ernie, Chastity, Jade, Bad Kitty, and Lady Demon. You know those titles we all know and love. I bet they're good. <laughs> but they had five WWF titles done by Chaos Comics as a bit of an integration. Literally, I think this is, for people who only know a bit about Chaos Comics, this is like the most famous thing they ever did. The China comic? Well, no, the WWF comics they did. Ah. China, The Rock, yeah. Mankind, yeah. Austin, yeah. and The Undertaker. Wow. But they did it as like Ministry Deadman Undertaker. I'm betting that if I could get all of those, that would be a hell of a thing to have in my collection. I heard a, a brief thing about this China one about basically that all these comics are just basically so self-flagellating about how, how awesomely awesome they are. Awesome uh, I heard about the Undertaker one because I heard about a podcast talking about they'd done a show where a couple of the guys on it like read over the, the Taker comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... And basically, they, the impression I got from them is that they didn't find them very enter- the intercomic very entertaining. So, well, if you if you're out there and you've read these comics, or if you somehow have them, or any of them, sell them to me. Let us know. Tell us what you think of them. But then, comics are a lot like like films or books. If mm-hmm. you ask me, look, what is what is not so good to one might be quite reasonable to another. You know. So like they did a little bit of run of China, they'd take her. So I think they would have done the run in the nine eighty two thousand. So this is like peak for Chaos Comics because, like I said, they ran until two thousand and two. So clearly, after the partnership with WF is done, really they didn't have the, they peaked to they peaked at that point and they pretty much went out of business soon after. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, I mean I'm sure, however questionable the quality of these WF Chaos Comics is. It probably can't be any worse than the five issues of Warrior comic book. Yeah, talking all about his distrusty. I recommend on YouTube you guys can find it. OSW did a full episode about about the, the Warrior comics. Ugh. Literally, there's a, 
Warrior has a little thing where he writes something personal in like <laughs> the start of every comic. He writes a little paragraph, bunch of paragraphs, like just rambling on. Literally, I think the third one, he's basically taking shot at his fucking. Literally, the third one, I think he's taking shots at his own artists. One of them, I think he takes shots at because he he was delayed because the guy had a serious illness at the fucking time. Because oh. that's the kind of shit that. That's the kind of piece of shit that guy what, was. Wasn't uh, Mr. Hellwig a mad. Sort of right wing homophobic racist. Yeah, but I think he got most into that after he met his missus. Is she a right wing homophobic racist too? No, she she's she's interested in conservative politics. That's how she faces it, and then she interests him to conservative politics. Apparently, he was a bit of a prick even before then, and then went on into that, and then that's where he started his whole speaking engagements. But mm. anyway, he wrote. Sorry about my phone ding. But he, but he wrote these comics before he got into all that shit, anyway. Yeah. It is a, it was a butthole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hate speaking ill of the dead, but he's a cocking. But at least, you know, the one thing you can say about him is for all the much of a cock he was through his career and whatnot, he made good in the end up. He really did, so... It's a weird thing about wrestling. Some of the, some of the big, people who are the biggest faces of their period are also the biggest cunts in real life, and some of the biggest heels are some of the nicest guys in real life. Yeah, well, you, you talk about dicks behind the scenes and not on camera. You've got Warrior, you've got Sean, mm. you've got Brett. You've got Hogan. Got I mean, Hogan. I mean, Brett well, was, oh, Brett was a, a whining bitch behind this camera and a, just a bitch on camera. But you had, well, like I said, the whole idea of like, the best heels being the nice guys in real life is probably why we have so many great Canadian heels... Yeah. Jericho, Owens, Edge, Christian. Others, I'm sure they are. Owen. Yeah. Oh, well, I bet you if Jericho wanted to know, he could do a good... He could pass very well as the old woman for the Goonies now if he wanted to. <laughs> anyway, back to this match, because there's really not much to say about it. Literally, Taz barely even gets tagged in if it, at all, really, I don't think. Mm. Well, I can remember. Commentary also pushing the comics. Al Val gets word over Eddie and Rikishi. Val still got the big tape for his no, he's his, his ribs from the match at Phil Loaded. There's a bit where like they both grabbed Eddie and uh Rikishi grab Chinese hand and Eddie says we're putting the boots to Val. Stomp, kiss Chinese hand, stomp, kiss Chinese hand. <laughs> and then like Taz does fuck that all Eddie was a character. Taz does fuck all while he had a super kick from Rikishi to then Eddie gets up in the car. I didn't even know this was the case because I know he struggled to find a new finisher. But Eddie's got a thing wrapped around his elbow and he kind of looks at it. Rikishi carries him on. This is the first frog splash Eddie set since his debut. Where yeah. in his debut match on SmackDown, he hit their frog splash and dislocated his elbow. Uh. So literally, it's a case of oh, do I do again? But now Eddie's back. He's got the he's doing the frog splash again. Oh, no, it was a good frog splash. Mm-hmm. Good frog splash. Chicken from Art Bar, who I think I don't know if he either. Either invented or if he didn't invent it, he was definitely the innovator of it mm. at the time. Who was also a mentor and tag partner for Eddie, uh, who died in like late '94, mm. and Eddie basically took on the frog lash from then on as a tribute to Aye. him. That's quite a nice thing. Also, heard a story uh, about uh, Art Bar from uh, William Regal, where at a show, uh, at the ahead of that One World Collide show, I think it was a big crossover where they had Triple A guys, they had WCW guys on it. Mm. Uh, Art Bar was backstage at show bragging about how much money he and Eddie were going to make because they were going to lose a match where they would lose their hair. It was like a mass free hair match. And 
I can't remember the name of their team, but like basically they were these because like guys in Mexico who are super patriotic for America, yeah. and so they were heels, and so they're fighting two mass wrestlers. So it was mass versus hair, the biggest match. Like literally, no matter who who you are, if there's the whenever there's a mass v mass match or a mass v hair or any of those kind of matches, it was always a Mexico main event over the title. Yeah, of that, well, the because the mask is so important in Mexican yeah. wrestling culture, you know. Yeah, and the idea of that the take it off is the same humiliation and everything, and then. After that, when you've lost your mask and you've got nothing else to put in the line, then it goes to your hair. No, uh, did no one ever tell Rey Mysterio that? Well, it didn't happen in Mexico, so it's okay. Plus, mask makes a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, like I, I often, I often like. I, don't get me wrong, love Eddie. I mm-hmm. uh, mean Ray. I mm-hmm. love Eddie too, mm-hmm. but love Ray. Always loved Ray. I think he should have had a little bit, a few more legit title runs than the only one he had, mm-hmm. but. You know, if you lose your mask, mm-hmm. you technically shouldn't put your mask back on. That's 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 within the rules of the luchador mm-hmm. shit. You know, yeah. so I'd, I I would assume there would be at least one or two Mexican wrestlers that maybe are a little like you shouldn't be wearing that mask. I mean, he did wrestle in Mexico a little bit after he left there in twenty fourteen briefly. I don't know how he is perceived then, because I don't know if there would be... I, I figured there would be some people there who wouldn't perceive him too well. Yeah. But anyway, the story is, they were bragging about how much money they were going to make, because it's a big marquee like, yeah, thing. Yeah. And the Nasty Boys were there on the tour, and the Nasty Boys thought, basically, he did our bar for going on and on and on. And so, basically, Ronnie Me goes in his hotel room, he's, he overhears a commotion, and basically, the Nasty Boys had gone in and shaved most of Art Bart's hair off, before his big hair versus hair match. <laughs> and so he talks about how, if you watch that match, you may not know that not all of you did, most of the hair that gets shaved off is actually extensions put in mm. to a heart bar because his hair got shaved off by the nasty way because he was too much of a blowhard. Like, mm. like he said, I can't remember the number that he said. I don't think we could remember. But it's like, I don't think the figure that he said was the much money they got made because like, so he said, like, since then, he's asked Vicky Guerrero, like, oh, like cause, like, you were steady at that point, by that point, like, would he have made that point for any kind of matching? He basically went, like, no, he wouldn't have made yeah. like, that much. So, Eddie, 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 Eddie never, wasn't Eddie, making the big money until Eddie, he was in the dub. Eddie would have made that much money in Mexico for that one match, wherever the number was, he clearly yeah. wasn't making it. So basically, Art Bar was trying to make himself look like the big man on campus and got, got fucked over by the Nasty Boys. Yeah, the Nasty Boys were like, look, mate, Fuck you! You want your hair? I tell you what, we'll date for you for free. They don't even do it, bro. I think they do like shaving foam and like shit like that. <laughs> they and, make like, made razors. One razors like there was. He came out there with shaving foam and holding bits of his own hair. Like the fucker shaved my head. What was on about? Aye, Eddie had the frog splash and he won the match. Aye, aye. So then, Commissioner Foley in his weird office in some of this weird chain like closet thing is called both Triple H Seventy and Grango. Because also, I should mention, well, Triple H is also fined $5,000 by, by Commissioner Foley. Yeah. And Tiffany, when did that, like, like it's all right. Like, it's all right. Like, oh, I don't, my family's got loads of money. <laughs> but then he says he has to find Stephanie as well. And then Angle comes in, Triple H immediately gets between, like, I don't want you anywhere near my wife. But, and, uh, Foley goes, you know, Triple H, I happen to know for a fact that Stephanie and Kurt Angle are more than just friends. And they were like, no, 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 Triple H. He's like, what do you know? Tell me. I know that they're more than friends. They're tag team partners. Tonight, with you, in a six-person tag team match against Lita. And Lita, they were like, no, not Lita. It's like, Lita and those damn Dudleys. 
Because my decision gives you to go, it's final. <laughs> Look, now that we're talking of Lita and the Dudleys, I can tell you the, the thing that amused me quite a bit. Hmm. Well, you see Lita at this point in her career, right? Coming down in the baggy jeans with the fucking thong, right? Uh-huh. And then you think to her recent appearances, uh-huh. wearing ugly trousers with granny pants sticking out to them. <laughs> and you're like, come on, Hen, you're not doing yourself any favours with that look. Come on, yeah. put the pants in the trousers. All right. We, we don't need to see your granny knickers later. I think it happens when you're in any sort of entertainment. Like you get a look, it becomes popular, and no matter how old you are, you can you stick with it. You just have to make sure you don't wear a thong. <laughs> it's like, I can never remember his name, but... Remember, like, they took the piss of him, family guy, like the guy from uh, ACDC, who still dresses yeah, like a school child, a school child uniform when he's in, like, God knows how old he is now. Like, <laughs> he's like, when I dress this, I did not have to wear as an old man. I didn't have to, I didn't think I'd have to wear it for 60 years. <laughs> yeah. Man, I love Commissioner Foley. But then we get a sponge up. Is that because his decision is final? It's final. I just hurt my leg doing that, then. Respect oh. the commissionary position. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't sound right. Ah. But, uh, Phil, you're doing it wrong. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you're, me today. You're on fire today. I don't know what's wrong with me today. But, uh, it's, it's the shock of me being professional before the podcast. That was what it was. Yeah. Didn't have to warn Potter watched it to remind Potter watched it. He's already, he's already ahead of it. He's already got... Yeah, I, wa- I watched the first one this morning when I woke up. Uh, to ba- tobacco being wacko, I just be your sponsors, Jeff Hardy getting concussion because they do that Lord Tobacco Company and then showing the flyby like, so that's where Tobacco is wacko if you're a teen. <laughs> well, just as well, tobacco. Jeff Hardy's on a lot of things. He's much worse than tobacco. That's why I use. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, didn't, I didn't want to finish that because I thought, no, that, 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 that's, that's, too har- that's too harsh. Yeah, but let's see, that's why Victory Road 2011 happened. So, like, people are, are, are like, surprised if he fell off the wagon as many times as he did. Like, really, you think the guy who got concussions and so many injuries from falling off ladders and shit wouldn't need a little bit of help just to make him get through the day? Yeah. Granted, it got a hold, that got a hold of him too, but uh-huh. the guy's only fucking human you know what I mean weirdly because like, he never suffered a proper long term injury in wrestling it's a proper injury that put him out long term in wrestling was a thing that happened outside of wrestling like 2015 when he was riding his bike and he fell off and broke his leg <laughs> literally that's the longest term injury he's had that took him out of in-ring action and didn't even happen jumping in-ring. off a ladder or anything like that quite funny that I care for going to like stuff that Matt would talk about later on and with him and Jeff with uh He's sitting when he's encouraging Jeff to see if he's like, Jeff, mm. there's a life after wrestling. Oh. I'll make sure you see that. And basically tells Lita to make sure like, you watch well, it. Just keep him out the ring, all like, right? Like, and Lita gives a look like, I'm not, how, how do you expect me to, to control him? Matt Geezer looks and says, well, he's concussed. Surely he can look yeah. after a concussed guy. Show, show him something shiny. He'll like that. Like, look at this shiny, shiny. <laughs> <laughs> look at this shiny, shiny. <laughs> So then Matt takes on edge. There was no fight I can pose. Boo. I put in my notes. <laughs> so Matt takes on edge, immediately tiles him on the ground and he's he's, you know, he's out for revenge. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love the fact that it, like as soon as Matt went and ran into the ring right away, spear. Like I, I thought of another one there, like I know oh, I know I know you're on a roll today, but we have to we have to be professional. Well professional may not be a show, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Like 
Matt, Matt's going after Edge because you know he can cuss, even brother can cuss him. It's not the worst thing Edge would do to somebody that that, that Matt knew. Aye, because he would take his misses. Ended up shagging his bod. Because you know jokes are better when I explain them. You know. Oh, I totally. <laughs> it's like that. It's like the chewing the fat thing. The Hardy Boys are making their entrance. Edge is sitting there at the side with a wee sign popped up. I'm shagging his butt. <laughs> yeah, I thought like I was thinking uh, when when I've explained it, it's like that politician's embarrassing. Yes, I mean that in the sexual context uh, for the avoidance of doubt. <laughs> ah, it seems the honourable gentleman has run out of patter. <laughs> well, 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 now. <laughs> when Jeff comes in, it seems the honourable gentleman has forgotten how to climb a ladder. Ah, <laughs> uh, that bit looked. Yeah. That bit looked Rough. spiffy, man, because, yeah. like, I don't know if that was, like, a scripted bit, Aye. or if he just got squiffy, because... I, the think, way I he, think it was a scripted bit, too. He made it, he sold it well, Oh yeah. you know, because he got up with up that ladder, he came running out with the ladder, twatted Christian with the ladder. Do you mention, sorry, before that, oh, yeah, Matt, yeah. Matt gets word over by Christian, because they use the whole thing, the ref's looking at, at Edge... Christian gets involved. If referee's looking at yeah. Christian, Edge does something to Matt. And they say, Matt fights or back to the does a minsole. Every time Matt does a minsole at this point, I'm shocked because I never. It's funny. I still find it odd funny to, see. to see Matt doing moonsaults. Yeah. Edge gets past the chair by Christian. Matt tries to roll him up uh, for Van Edge using it. Then, like you said uh, yeah. before, Edge difference <laughs> did with a lad dance. Yeah. Twatch Christian with the thing, then he goes to set it up. Yeah. Climbs up it. Then gets a wee bit heat squiffy, mm-hmm. and then he does a very realistic oh fuck and fall belly first on the top rope, uh-huh. and fucking like is all concussion shit. And Matt's like, oh fuck, my brother's fucked, mm-hmm. and he's checking, and Lita's checking, and the refs are checking. Mm-hmm. Edge picks up the chair, and my Christ, Matt oh. stands up and looks, and Edge just fucking lays him the fuck out, full on front of the head. It's the, it's the noise. Oh, no, makes. it's the clatter. And, like, on a replay, you can see the way he floats it. There's that, it's that kind of chair shot where the head kind of almost comes through the... Aye, oh, dents the fucking thing. And the thing's enough. all folded, and chair's, chair's ruined, chair's fucked. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Matt's brain's fucked, you know? Uh, so, we, we end up with Jeff, spark out, <laughs> Matt, spark the fuck out, Edge and Christian looking their cocky selves, as usual. Murphy doesn't bother ringing the bell. I think it's a no conduct. Murphy doesn't bother admonishing him for a DQ. He's just like, come on, you fuck guy. Stop giving other people concussions when we've got people with concussions uh, over here. I mean, I know, I know you've, I know you're wear edge with your lovely hair and your big smiley grin and you've got your wee, you know, you've got the wee runt with you. You're Christian with his big sunglasses. Aye. Christian with <laughs> his big sunglasses, eh? <laughs> you got, then we got back to you, the Rockies there with Kevin Kelly getting a promo about He's upcoming tag tonight, talking about Chris Benoit, like, you know, anybody. <laughs> and, listen, Kevin Kelly, anybody could be Chris Benoit. This guy holding the camera could be Chris Benoit. This fine-looking thing here, she could be Chris Benoit. Even you, Kevin Kelly, you could be Chris Benoit. In fact, wait a moment. And then you see the rock turns, you, like, he's huge back in front of the camera, and you're, you think he's painting them up. He's like, hold, hold still, open hold your mouth, still, damn it. Hold, open your mouth, damn it. And then Tom's back, and Kevin Kelly, he's made it look like Kevin Kelly's and he's fucking like, toothballed it. Right, he's basically like, all right, now Kevin Kelly, you are Chris Benoit. Wow. And he showed all the world 
and he opens his mouth and he's he's blackened it from oh, his yeah. And Kevin Kelly still there, look, he's shouting, he's shouting, he's still there. <laughs> now you are Chris Bauer, and Chris Bauer, you think you're going to come after that, huh? Well, you, the girl, and look, a monkey's anus. No, oh, Wolverine's anus. Oh, no, look, a Wolverine's <laughs> anus. Right. Oh, this makes a fucking difference. Oh, he's, he's, like, he's like, what I say? Get, go look my ass. <laughs> what you waiting for, Jermaine? Go look that ass. <laughs> Which means, like, where did, where did Kevin Kelly go? How committed was Kevin Kelly to not upsetting the rock? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was that committed to it. Kevin Kelly seems like a reasonable man. I'd love to interview Kevin Kelly. Maybe I'll ask him. I, I would love it. You know how we, we occasionally got people to introduce our uh-huh. Scott and Paul podcast? Uh-huh. I'd like to get Kevin Kelly to introduce our show once. That'd be pretty cool. Kevin Kelly is awesome. He's you, should, you should email him. He's the main English like, play-by-play commentator for New Japan, and he's awesome. I, I think you should email him. Hmm. Uh, and oh, then he goes, Please, Mr. Kelly, please speak on the start of our show. We'd really like it. Hey, big show, you associate yourself with Shay Man, you get in the rock business. That gives the rock car plunge. Do do this. Beard laughed and falls over. Dip, yes, I'm Everyone's. Everybody's just eating out the palm of the rock's hands. Oh, okay, well, when, at that time period, when the fuck was somebody not eating out the rock's hands? I mean, like, even before Kevin Kelly spoke to him, Aye. the whole like thing that he did, like, like, just the way he was standing there, like. Aye. And then Kevin Kelly nervously puts the mic up to his mouth and he's like, you know, just rock head turn towards the mic. That's the best way to describe it, rock head turn. Hmm. So the rock, can you come? May I? I'm sorry to cut in. Sorry, sorry. My, my favourite, as I say, my favourite rock promo whatever was the one with the coach. Yeah. What in the blue hell? What up, G? <laughs> Get out of here, you <laughs> sick freak. There's another one. So I think he gets in the thing Barry Manilow and then he goes, Sweet cream on an ice cream sandwich, what in the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> the rock was fucking awesome. Anyway, so Ben Warren makes you come up for the time, it's Keenan comes out, he gets immediately jumped by those two, tries to fend him off as the rock then comes out, his friend Jan Rocky comes out, rock starts to just casually sway down and then he says, I'll oh, fuck it, and drops his belt, runs to the ring yeah. to save. He goes with, uh, with Ben Warren back in the ring while Keenan and Big Show brawler in the outside. Big netbreaker at one point by Benoit. Uh, Big Show's trying to work over Rock, but Rock fights back with saying, Punch, punch, look at my hand. Punch. <laughs> punch, punch, look at my hand. And Kane comes in, flying clothesline. Either he and gets briefly isolated, then he has to tie the Rock back in for another hot tag. Uh, Rock sits up the people's elbow, but out there, if he's not looking, so the sh- Ian comes in, hits him with the with a chair. Just hold the actually j- she has to catch the Rock, and he's coming back and just die, go, Dink! <laughs> I know, what the fuck, we dickhead. Well, I was going to say, we've already got enough people on this show with fucking concussions. I know, but, you know, Shane's a dick. <laughs> he just is. And then, well, I didn't realise the move that some people randomly refer to as Air Canada, but I've never heard it on screen referred to as that, the diving head but off the top rope. Benoit pins the rock, which they also come to makes a big deal because he's just been the WF champion. Mm. But then the big talking point for this is after the match, because Kane... He's fighting with Big Show, sends him in the set. Shade tries to get a, a chair shot on Kane. Kane knows it, just turns back like, Are you, you, sure? Doing? Are you sure you want to do that? Aye. Chases Shane up the, the ramp. Big Show come, follows him. So Big Show goes over to the weird oval screen, grabs a bit of grating and just slowly, slowly pulls it off like, I'll be there with you in a minute, Kane. I'll just, uh, <laughs> just got to move this. Excuse me. Attacks Kane, choke slams him through it. 
and then I'm sure there was some sort of tension, but by the time they also, they get, the camera gets around to him, they managed to remove it. So mm. it looks like Kane just landed and well, got sh- shot shooting down on him on the concrete. It was reasonably obvious to me. Yeah. Because when when Show choke slams him through the grating, mm-hmm. well, the hole in the grating, I should yeah. say, but when he choke slams him through the hole in the grating, you can quite clearly see when he when he makes contact with the surface he's supposed to make uh-huh. contact with. You can still see his boot <laughs> when he lands, right? Like, like, oh, like that. But when you look down, obviously it's a lot. It's a lot more of a drop. Uh-huh. When, so obviously he's landed on that, then flopped onto the ground, and then went, oh no, I am broken. Oh dear. <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh, the indignity. Ref, my hat. But then she even has a better looking shot, like, huh. Yeah, I know Big Show was a dominant, you know, big guy near the middle, I didn't expect him to do that. Yeah, but, oh, he's dead. Oh, well. I don't think any of us expected that. <laughs> and then, I, I, was, I, was think, I thought I had to watch this next week, but I've seen next week's episode. And I must say, Paul, this is the last it, you'll see of the Big Show in the year 2000. Wow. Yeah. I thought he'd be on next week's episode, but he isn't. He's on Raw, but then he disappears. Now... Like I said, as with all intents and purposes, Big Show was meant to fight The Undertaker at SummerSlam. Yeah. That was all everything this was leading to. So, Big Show came back after a brief, you know, a brief absence after Germany came out. But still, his attitude, you know, was not what they would have like he had a bad attitude. Yeah. He was, he was still putting on weight. He was eating. He said, I lived on cigarettes and cheeseburgers on the road, as Big Show admitted about this time period. Jeez. Yeah. So he had to lose a bit of weight and get his attitude. So basically, they sent him to OVW. Yeah. The OVW. He wouldn't be back until January of 2001. <laughs> Which apparently then was, he had a bit of an attitude there, according to Brock Lesnar. But then eventually he and Brock struck up a friendship down, down there and went to carry that through. Mm. To the point where Big Show, upon hearing that Brock was leaving, he actually got very teary eyed when he heard Brock was leaving in 04. Mm. Yeah. So, Big Show is gone, so Undertaker will be back next week, and then the following week, they're going to have to rush him into a new feud for SummerSlam. Mm. Does it make any sense? No. no. <laughs> but it'll happen. We'll talk about it when we get there. Anyway. <laughs> so then we cut backstage to the APA locker room. Well, no, the APA's office, I should say. Yeah, the APA's office. Get it right, Scott. Yes. And we cut back the to, big wooden door and to everything. right to censor sneaking into the APA's office. They still come through the door, though, which I appreciate. Yeah, at least they well, had the respect to use the door. That was at least something. Mm. But they sneak into the APU's office, Aye. and Stephen Richards is directing traffic, and they're like, oh, clean all this up. Like, all, those, all that beer, all those cigars, all those cards. Yeah, they're, they're putting all in these boxes Aye, with the right to censor logo on. There's loads on a cardboard box. Like, clean all that up, and open up the filing cabinets. Like, get all that beer. And then there's an interesting wee bit when they're cleaning up the cigars and the godfather, or the good father, picks up one of the stogies <laughs> and he's sort of hesitantly looking at the thing and they're like, Mr. Goodfather, put that down, that is not good. And he's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, and snaps yeah, it. This throws is, it it's in bad. The, it's like, bad. Literally, he's one step away from uh, if you were driving a spare roll, like, no, bad good father, bad. You're being a bad father, not a good father. <laughs> But we uh, clean out the APA's filing cabinets full of beer and cigars and cards. What a great filing cabinet. <laughs> I know. But, and then... What do you have in your filing cabinet, eh? What else is a filing cabinet for? Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Tell people what you have. Tell them. Vodka. Bourbon. Vodka. Bourbon. <laughs> that is what I have. Good feet. Yes. Certainly not a filing go, but it's just a drawers. Yeah. Yeah. Six of one half a dozen of other. <laughs> anyway. So. It's where I put stuff. Also, I love that he called me when talking about Elon Murray's right to censor. He calls him Mr. Buchanan and Mr. Goodfather. Like, yeah. that's not his name. Like, like as if in Steam Witches World, it's first name the, last name Goodfather. No, it's just Mr. Buchanan, Mr. Goodfather. Eh. So we clear out all the APA's stuff, and then he has a cheek to take his wee, his wee sticky back label eh. of the right to censor. We'll go slams it on the top of our desk, eh. and then walk out. And then as he's leaving, he's like, right. And then on the door, on the APA logo, he's like, ah. Yeah, that's that. That's that. Closed. Cancelled. Done. APA is closed for business. Yeah. <laughs> and then the highlight, which usually the highlight, but honestly, I'll say it's probably at least favourite of all the C Blackman hardcore tail <laughs> matches we've had so far. If I'm it's because Albert, right? No, oh, this is the next week. That's next week's pop. Oh. This is because this is very certain challenging C Blackman. And. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like. Why is that bad? Because if you notice the interesting thing about this, although it is not for both of the belts, mm -hmm. it's champ v champ match. But like, why does Steve, why does Perry Saturn care about the the hardcore title? Though he's already European champion, he's going to go after another belt. I don't think he would go after the hardcore belt. Well, true, but my I don't mind the fact that Perry Saturn's wrestling Steve Blackman. It just it just reminds me too much of like when Dean Malenko was light heavyweight champion, but then still wanted really wanted the European belt. Yeah. But I don't, I don't have any issue with Perry versus Steve Blackman because I feel it was a decent enough contest, mm. and the right result happened. Mm. You know, Perry Sarton's giving Steve some good hits and whatnot. Back and forth, Teddy's making herself about as useful as a chocolate teapot as per usual. She does, she does shoot him with a fire stick. Literally, like also in this match, my highlight and least favorite is two of Steve, uh, Perry Sarton's best moments where he gets the advantage is thanks to Teddy. But literally, last week, he couldn't beat Kershawley without Terry's help. Now he can't beat Steve Blackman. Like, nothing against Steve Blackman or anything, but even Crash, like, he should be able to beat Kershawley on his own. Like, no, I'll go after another belt. But I'd be useless in this weapon space match without Terry. Like, literally, it does feel like so far, these past two matches in Philly, like, like, the case of Pedicure matches, as long as Terry is there. Yeah, yeah. That's what it feels like to me. Well, Let's be honest, it's going it's going back and forth. We don't need to go into great detail in a yeah. hardcore match because you know what a hardcore match is, but we get we get to the outside portion. So, can I just mention oh, no, my no, favorite? Go ahead, go I just want to mention my favorite is Saturn throws a trash can at, 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 at I know. Blackman, but then catches it, throws it back at Saturn and kicks it in his face. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was really good. And then Terry tries to hit him with a trash can lid that has been Blackman and then Blackman goes after her and like you said, we're on the outside. We're on the outside, so Perry comes out and gets into Blackman's face and starts beating him up a bit and then they go on to the rampway. They do quite a good dive oh, before yeah, that yeah, as well. Yeah. But go on to the rampway and they're exchanging bows on the rampway and out of nowhere, his tag team, his head cheese compadre <laughs> comes out of nowhere and twats spot, spot, uh, Saturn right on the dome yeah. with head. Because the bio rate should have been over because like, Saturn does that cool slam he does onto on a Blackman on the ramp and then they, <sighs> as he's pinning him, after he, after he takes a while, just pulls like, hey Terry, look, did I do good? Did I do good? And then he goes to say, didn't say that, but that's why it seemed like what he was thinking. I just thought of a really terrible, terrible, terrible joke. 
<laughs> Al Snow came down the ramp to give Perry Sarton some head. Doesn't need that, he's got Terry for that. <laughs> she had to be useful for something. Hmm. Well, come on, was she a wrestler? No. Was she likeable? No. Yeah. So she had to be useful for something. Yeah. I mean, Marlena was likeable. Yes, Marlena Terry, was very useful. Terry, not so much. Mm. Anyway. So yeah, Al Snow hits him with the with the with head. And Black Al Man Snow was, gives him a nice dose of head. <laughs> I have to give per certain head to save Blackman. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. <laughs> anyway. So, Blackman retains, and this is weirdly starting what would be really his only actual proper program while European champion for Perry Saturn is. I have a thing with Al Snow for a little while. Well, did you notice as well, though, mm-hmm. uh, in this episode of SmackDown and subsequent ones, during this time period, whenever Blackman won, mm-hmm. crowd was popping. Mm. Crowd liked Blackman, and yeah. I. That, that feeds more into my theory why he was not pushed at least to the upper mid. Mm. It, it could have been an IC champ, could have been a solid tag champ, could even have been in a programme for the main belt. Mm-hmm. But he was getting good crowd pop, good crowd reaction, he was a fucking killer in that ring. Why did why did the WWF drop the ball with him? That was my curiosity. I don't know. Like, you you heard the story he was going to come in in the 80s, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Then he got malaria or whatever, lost a lot of muscle definition, had to yeah. fight his way back. Or actually, weirdly, we're, it's not out yet, but it will be out soon in the, when you're hearing this, probably. Uh, in your house, Final Four, we're doing it. It's obviously, we're, we're going through every in your house, and we're in 97. So we're not far off the Blackman's official WWF debut. No, we are not. His official WWF debut was this is some fan. Yeah. Went and, went and jumped the barrier and beat up the bulldog. I think his proper first. You think his first pay per view match is probably Survivor Series. Yeah, it's the one. Of, it's the one where Goldust doesn't do anything. Yeah, Team he, America. He's America. Yeah. No, but like Vader gets left pretty much. It's the only ones that fight to any significant point in that match is Steve Blackman and Vader, because mm. Goldust couldn't give a fuck, and well, Mark Merrill was about as useful as a fucking. Well, kicking the balls, you know what I mean? Anyway, back to the hose. They're still protesting. The hose haven't yet been saved. Save the hose. But one day they Save will. Save the hose. APA go back to the and like, what the hell is it? Where's all the beer? Where's this again? <laughs> and then he looks at the whole RTC stuff like, all right, we'll get them, boss. We're going to get our beer back. They took our beer. took our beer. Because now the APA, we're a collection agency. Now we're going to collect their beer. Uh, Collector beer. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie then tells uh, Triple H she doesn't feel comfortable right now changing it from after the whole Trish Stratus debacle. Mm. And so he buggers off even though he's all annoyed. Then we get the APE versus uh, Buchanan and Goodfather. Richard goes to speak, but then we have the da da of the mm. APE steam cell. If he beats him some to interrupt them and then they end up ever brawl, mainly Bradshaw and Goodfather, who I believe are good friends and really like brawling in the ring. Uh, the match ends with after a two by four from Stephen Richard, switches at least to a scissor kick by Booby Cannon for the win. I'm pretty sure half of the, the, the uh, two by four is still in the ring when the referee goes to pay, like, 
Look, yeah. there's a mass. I think it's Teddy Long doing, doing the cover. Yeah, like, yeah. Teddy, there's a massive two by four in the middle of the ring. Well, you know, you know, Teddy Long when he was a referee he was very famous for suffering temporary blindness during matches. Yeah, apparently so. You know, but I look fucking is it. <laughs> Uh, Godfather, a uh, good father yeah. smacks Farouk right across the back with a fucking two by four, mm. like you say. Bill Buchanan does his big vicious bicycle kick. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Aye. Right, the, sense the of in the crowd all going boo. No, save the host. Well, I must say, I really enjoyed uh, Stevie Richards like on commentary during this. Uh-huh. I really liked him because he made made you like. No, 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 he, no. That was ne- that's, that's that's in the next episode. Oh, I'm getting so confuddled. Yeah, we, we watched a couple of episodes because we're trying to do a bit of recording, we are, no we are, backlog. We are trying to bulk record for you good people so you have some joyous listening over Christmas. Yay! So you can enjoy your Christmas dinner listening along to our dulcet tones and opinions. Hmm. Aren't you lucky? And then Triple H goes into the the, the regular locker room, he's complaining to Rodan, like, there's all this shit, I have to change in here, I have to team with Kurt Angle. <laughs> And then he's throwing a wee half. And then Rodo goes to go have his match. And then Midian's there, just going up like, hey. Don't bother your toothbrush. Toothbrush. He's like, I, you go through a time, I'll see you. I felt bad for Midian more because at this point, that's all they have him day. Yeah. He's either asking for Triple H's toothbrush or fucking telling you, tattletailing on Kurt Angle with Undertaker. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> now, then we have this. <laughs> Sorry. We have this where they're at. They saw a press conference from earlier today because they're in Birmingham, Alabama. I forgot to mention that. Oh, sorry. Oh, you spilled a little bit there. Oh, crap. Yes. Precious booze. They're in Birmingham, Alabama, where they announced that Birmingham will have a franchise of the XFL. Oh, yeah. Well, they have the mayor of Birmingham going, Oh, yeah, we're so happy here. We can't wait for, the, for Birmingham to be the XFL champions. And then Vincent Mann's there talking about how, players, how great it's going to be. Players will be paid a fixed fee, but they'll be paid extra as an incentive for winning. <laughs> we'll see how many. Did, did anyone ever win? I don't think there are any real winners as soon as you sign up to be in the XFL. Did, you're did, only, did that even get one season? Got a season, not a long one, but a season. Yeah. And then it rebooted before the pandemic, and from all accounts, for people who know more about it than me, it was. Actually, alright, compared to the last time, and, uh, then, and then The Rock spot it, so God knows what's happening in there. Well, let's hope The Rock can, you know, do something with it. I don't, I can't seem to find it in my my notes, so I'll mention it here because it comes up on this show here, and it, it was, they played it on Roswell. There's a point where the scene goes black, and then a, a bit of writing goes up, and Vince Man reads out the text. To the text, he goes a message to politicians because <laughs> two thousand is an election year in the the old good old U.S. of A. Yeah, like every week, fourteen million people tune in to watch the WWF. These fourteen million people will will help decide the next president of the United States. Could it be you? Smack down your vote. That's the and also we had. Is that a thinly veiled threat for Vincent Man saying, look, you better know fuck with my programme, I've got 14 million people voting. You're not far off there, Paul, I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But basically, you had a couple of clips of Michael Cole reporting live from the floor of the Republican National Convention on Raw. Ooh. And then interviewing Linda, Robo Linda, Robo Linda's back. I'm sorry you you couldn't see that, Paul. Oh, I'm so disappointed to no see Mrs. Dehia talking whilst you're walking. 
skipped to the polls and smacked down your vote now. But then they said that, oh, they're going to be also be at the, Repu- the Democrat National Face. Oh, this is a non-partisan campaign, even though Vincent Mann is definitely a Republican. Very much. Very really? Much, probably. <laughs> I mean, Well, he's, a, he's an incredibly rich American. A rich white male, you know, man who, well, even though he worked up, he's a rich white male who's had quite a few dealings with Donald Trump. Is he from Connecticut? No, no, we've, we've done our show. He's from Carolina. Carolina. But we'd like everyone to forget that. That he's from Carolina. Why? Because he doesn't like to remind you that he's a southerner. Nothing wrong with being a southerner. But anyway, yeah, the man who's had dealings through part of the money that was all found out that he'd been secretly paying off, part of it went to Trump's campaign in 2020. So is it a surprise to hear that Vincent Mann's a Republican? Also, his wife Linda was in Trump's cabinet. Was she? Yes. Advice, small business advisor was her official title. Yes, you know that small business, that small up-and-coming mom-and-pop shop, the WWE? Small business advisor, you mean because fucking Vince went and put a hell of a lot of money to bum fucking Mr. Trump? Mr. Trump went, I will give your wife a wee job. I'm not saying everyone to be he's Republican. I think there's quite a few people who aren't. Uh, like, I think because like, that tax maker started posting some right-wing like, anti-vax stuff. And like 2020, 2021, mm. a bunch of basic W guys basically like, mate, like, come on to fuck, basically. Was no, that. That's what Skinner the Forgotten Sons were. Anyway, he basically fucked over Macklin and Blake. Uh, but then again, Macklin's doing alright in Macklin's Impact. Macklin's doing great. Yeah. And I did hear talking to Impact Wrestling, actually. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But I hear apparently that Bailey and Alexander mm-hmm. put on a fucking pay per view worthy. I'll have to be sure I check that out. A pay per view worthy five star. Like, you know one of the matches, like, mm. you see and you think, why in the name of fuck was this on free TV? I mean, even though he said Green Mention 2020, you got, like, the best X Division wrestler in 2021 of, and the best X Division wrestler of 2022, Mike Bailey, having a fucking match, like, I, if like, I don't know if the title was online, but I would buy but, it if mm, the title was on the bike. smell money on that one. Smell it? Smell like money. Oh, he's fighting Billy Ray at a pay-per-view. Smells that? Smells like shit. <laughs> I don't see that. You know, I I don't I don't deny you your opinion and all. I, you know, we like to be fair on this show. Yeah. Well, on both shows, I keep forgetting. Yeah. But I really don't see it as negatively as mm. you do. Because mm. I will say one thing, and this harks back to the show we're covering just now, right? You look at Bubba Dudley in two thousand, right? Ah, he's mm-hmm. Bubba Dudley, he's a big horse, big fucking psycho. Mm-hmm. But you look at him now, he's even bigger. Mm-hmm. Like, because the difference, the major difference I noticed between that era mm-hmm. Bubba and this era Bubba mm-hmm. is that one of his arms now mm-hmm. is about the width of one of, both of his arms together. Yeah. Because he was one of the wrestlers that was a big, powerful bastard with wee scaly arms. Yeah. Like, Devon had the big arms. Mm-hmm. And Bubba just did a lot of psychotic violence. Mm-hmm. But now, Bully Ray mm-hmm. is a big, you know. And I, I said to Brian, I really believe that theory. Let's see when a legend or whatever comes back into a company, especially in Impact because their shows are predominantly taped, right? Yeah. Like, when a legend comes back into Impact particularly, on their first appearance back in, I look good, but within a couple of episodes, mm-hmm. we'll be 
Like, they seem to take the notion to get back into proper shape, and Billy Ray is in some shape. Yeah. I mean, he needs to... I think he's been missing leg day a bit, mm. but... That, yeah. Oh. But going back to this, yeah, like, yeah, it keeps stressing, it's a non-partisan campaign, like, but we're not showing political leases because... We're like, they've gone political, they're probably not allowed to. Yeah. It's a non-partisan campaign even, well, you all know. Vince, Vince and Linda, massive Republicans. Massive villains. Aye, keen Republican, even though he's meant to be a libertarian, but that's a by-the-by of more 2022. Aye. Even though they're one of the most popular periods ever, as opposed to the, like, other than the 80s, where, like, even, like, maybe you can say the 80s are maybe more popular because, like, we say 40 million people, but I think it's been proven that more than 30 million people watched that shenanigans with the two headners and Andre winning the belt off of Hogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For event. But anyway, I think they over-exaggerate just how many people watch on a weekly basis, so it wasn't quite 14 million, but still, like, it's a case of, like, Vince saying he called the either candidate for running for president, like, he's saying, like, hey, there's a massive market of people who are wrestling fans. You should appeal to wrestling fans and appeal to people who draw them in yeah. to because these people can be a major swig in deciding who's the next president of the United States yeah. but weirdly everything trying to make these politicians whoever's going to be the next president think reala- think the wrestling is actually an important wrestling fan is an important demographic so yeah. basically each encourage them to to try and get ahead of them make, making any legislation that would negatively impact the WWF in terms of how it tends to actually then putting on wrestling or how to present wrestling on television through television guidelines. Yeah. So basically, it was their way around to appeal to politicians to make sure they could pass anything that would be in favour of the PTC. And the PTC knew they were doing that because the PTC openly called them out on it for that's what because that's they knew. Because PTC could tell, we know what you're fucking doing. But did the WWE get away with it? Yes, yes, they did. Good. Because, quite frankly, and I've got to say that, and I know. It's not really a big deal now, but quite frankly, fuck the PTC. Mm. Because I very much agree with the philosophy, like, no, you're not going to tell me or my children what to fucking watch or what we're going to enjoy or what we're going to be partaking in. It's up to the parent, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I fully agree. I think Michael Cole made that statement, or was that on the... That was the next episode, but it's still important But it's still relevant. Michael Cole makes that statement, like, when he's talking to Stephen Richards, he's like, well, I think as a parent, I sh- it should be up to me to decide what my child has a right to watch or not. So even now, the digital age, and like on stuff that's online, you could put certain lot, parents could put certain things on the computer that stops their child mm. from freeing hazardous websites. They can put, they can put stuff on streaming sites, even like parent all locks or, or, or controls on the, the thing though. You can even do that on the network where you can stop your child who's a wrestling fan from watching certain things that you might deem too valid. You can watch wrestling, but not this stuff. They have that, they have that parental control stuff on yeah. a lot of ECW content. But, to be quite honest with you, I mean, if you look at like, the whole thing about PTC Len and yeah. what content was available in, huh. children nowadays, and I, I don't think I'm even remotely wrong huh. when I say this, children nowadays are so fucking tech savvy. Yeah. Like, and there's so much... Con- there's so yeah. much content out there in the world now that it kind of makes a thing like the PTC null and void because yeah. if somebody's got a strong enough desire to see something or experience something they're going to get it I have the stuff in pop culture online and stuff now where you don't even have to watch it or see it at the time to know about it because someone will tweet about it and someone will either use something you follow will share it or somebody you follow will retweet the thing that someone else shared so yeah, you'll see yeah. it so with social media, you'll see stuff, even if you weren't watching at the time, you'll be exposed to stuff. 
yeah, you might yeah. not have been watching. Unless, unless you're, I mean, even me, who is kind of like a social media, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I don't really partake in it as yeah. such, really. I mean, I do Facebook, I do, like, obviously go online and such. A lot of the information I get, loyal, like, I watch YouTube, mm-hmm. like, 90, 90% of my viewing is YouTube-based, yeah. you know? It's just, it's like TV to me nowadays, you know? Yeah. But I, I get a lot of my, like, my wrestling information, you know, like, my, my football information, you know, like I follow a couple of football YouTube pages, wrestling pages, but even if you're talking, like, darker content or more extreme content, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into detail because there's no fucking place for it, but let's just say there's, I've seen some things on YouTube that are a little, yeah. you know, it, Makes you a little sick for the world, you know? Well, you know, there are rabbit holes on the internet that no one should ever go down. Most definitely. Cause like Most you, definitely. Because, like, the things that we were talking about, like you said, about the parents and then what Michael Gould saying, like, I know people don't like the idea of, like, there you going from T14 to PG, but people forget, as I mentioned before, the, the, what the word, what the term PG stands for. It's parental guidance. Parental guidance. It means that there can be some content, may not be suitable, but that's up to the parent to decide yeah. when watching it. See, the change from TV14 to P- parental guidance, or mm. PG, if you will, mm. was a smart decision, if you think about it. Because, like, when it was TV14, it was just, like, constant, like, boom, 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 like, ah, oh, like, mm. tits, blood, violence. Yeah. And then it went to parental guidance, and it was like, hey, you can have a wee bit of tits, wee bit of blood, wee bit of violence. But no too much. Yeah. You know? No, like, so much that you're going to be slabbing, slabbering for it every yeah. time you put a deli on. Yeah. And, like... I think the big thing with the PC was not that just that they were presenting it, but the fact that they were also marketing themselves as a thing for kids and age because there were things that they were they were putting out merchandise wise that basically they wanted young kids to buy, i.e., action figures, i.e., action figures and video games and shit like that. Especially young kids would buy like, of course, there was like the uh, the Al Snow controversy the year before with the plath- with the the head thing and all that. So. You see where they're coming from in that one, but mm. basically, yeah, I think that was this is two thousand the year where George Bush Junior gets and George W. Bush goes in against over Al Gore. Although I think it took them a couple of weeks to properly count the votes. We think his reference on Starcade two thousand multiple times. Yeah, as you know, me, we and Paul were forced to review. <laughs> but anyway, back to the show. After that, we have Road Dog taking on Grandmaster Sexy Xbox on commentary. Not as good as it is Road Dog on comedy, unfortunately. But he get he's get Grandma's like he spits a government uh, uh, Xbox. I don't really see have much to say on this one. Grandma's does hit a school question finale at one point. I think always he always does, funny when he does he that. Does. Xbox gets up to push on top. So Xbox gets involved in this quite quickly, but yeah. Road Dog never got involved in his match. Maybe that'll be a thing mm. comes up later. But it was not the tower. But literally, it's not one of the typical ones where it literally. It's not one of the usual ones you see them get pushed on the top rope because Grandmaster lands on his feet and just turns them like, what the fuck are you doing? Get yeah. off the get off the apron. <laughs> Literally, the excuse that Xbox gave for getting up from the Eastland Contact goes, oh, I gotta go tie my shoe. <laughs> you had to get up to do that. Yeah. That's why people hate you, Xbox, because you can't even tie your shoe sitting down, you dick. <laughs> well, I don't know why you insist on making things so difficult, Xbox. Just tie your fucking shoe. This is why no one fucking likes you. <laughs> It's just the way you say that. This is why nobody fucking likes you, man. <laughs> uh, then he grabs Grandmaster. Damn it, Xbox! 
<laughs> he grabbed. Uh, he grabbed Grand Rover. Come on, help him, Road Dog. Very honestly, Grand Ducks. Road Dog definitely hits X Pac. X Pac would get involved this time successfully after the hip hop drop with the uh, sunglasses on. Of course, he has two times, but sunglasses on. Hits the hip hop drop and spin kick from X Pac. Road Dog wins. I know, I know. I really thought when I was watching this match, because whenever Grandmaster Sexy hit that hip hop drop. Nine times out of ten, he got the win. Mm-hmm. You know, so when he hit that hip hop drop, I was like, "Fuck yes, man! It's gonna be like one apiece." Aye. But no, no, that wee dick got involved again. Hey, bastard! Like, Damn it, X Pac! This is why nobody likes you, man. You're a bastard of a boy. Bastard, bastard of a boy. No, no. Ah. <laughs> 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 What to many people? Uh, Shane tries to get Triple H angle, you know, get on the same page, you know. Not for, not for the match, but for, for, Steph, for Stephanie's sake, for Stephanie. I got the commercial where I put here, this is my notes, act notes. China with the cat and Trish beat up, uh, beat up men to promote SummerSlam on a beach. Or beat up men on a beach to promote SummerSlam. Cause I, think I, I, chi- la- I, laughed, I laughed so hard. With the fat man running and his big boobies shaking. Basically, like the Baywatch run where we China and the red kind of swim so they see them wearing on, uh, on Baywatch they run and then all of a sudden our face just close lines the guy and then Kat and, and she's like, perfect form. And they're like, man, they never learned pans up. There's a bunch of men just laid out like WWF. Jeff <laughs> Boyardee presents WWF SummerSlam. <laughs> the short RD, which is the main sponsor, the overstuffed ravioli, then it cuts to. I'm assuming you can see the cat or stretch like just the midsection of a woman in a bikini, like it cuts to the only chef boy RD, you present something like that is not the midsection of someone who eats bloody chef boy RD, don't even lie to me. Do you know, on a little side note, mm-hmm. I, I watched, I can't remember what YouTube thing it was, uh-huh. but I watched a whole little sort of short documentary about the actual man what's your boy rd RD. it's most fascinating oh really most fascinating i will i will discuss it with you after the show but most fascinating there you go there's a very interesting and nice man oh there you go all i know about here buddy there were a lot of adverts there was one big show (laughs) big show did an advert with them where he's in a very small house and breaking stuff because he's big and then there's one where kane couldn't try to open a can and does he's big like throw the arms down to burst the cans open but then realize like oh I can't eat this with my mask on. <laughs> I don't know if this is a Chef Boyardee one, but there's a similar like canned food advert which features Booker T in it, which is quite funny. Yeah. But anyway, cuts back from Griffith, so Angle's there trying to explain his strategy to Triple H. Like, Listen, Triple H, I have to order this out. It's simple mathematics. So, H times I is, is more than D. What the hell are you talking about? Your three H's with my three I's it's more than enough to get to tackle the three D's of the deadlies. And Fred Boy's just looking like, I cannot believe I have to fucking work for you, you. <laughs> and then, um, oh, but now we're here at our main event. Triple H, Kurt Angle and Stephanie taking on Lita and the Dudley Boys. Triple H and Devon start off until Angle is like forced to Triple H just ties in like, fucking you get in there. No. And then Angle manages to take Devon down to the mat and Stephanie gives him look like, oh, she's, She's very impressed by Kurt Angle. <laughs> and then... You, sorry, wait, I've, <laughs> I've, written my, sorry, I've written my notes there for a second and uh, I think I've ran some words into each other. Or maybe it's all credit, I don't fucking know. Yeah. But sorry, this is what it's wrote. Triple H gets shots from Bubba and it's on the apron. <laughs> what? 
Oh yeah, no. He tries to sw- he swings it. He, oh, because at one point have you, Devon, have you found your way now? Aye, I'm not cool. having a breakdown. <laughs> Devon grabs Baba. No, no. Devon grabs Triple H. What the fuck am I talking about? Take a breath. Our brain's take, fucking malfunctioning. Take a here. breath. Have more cider. I drank that. Oh shit. <laughs> have more cider. Thank you. Uh, Don't worry. I, there's plenty more. Hey, uh, Devon grabs Triple H. There you go. Okay, see, the minute you put that cat in your hand, you're right, right where you were good. So the Undertaker's arm. You have a problem, Scott. The, the, the can is like the Undertaker's fucking arm for me, like, oh, holy hell. Does that mean you're a weird little fat man with a tash, then? Are you calling me that? Are you fat shaming me? How dare you? Yes. Yes, because I do not believe in this woke nonsense, so I will call you a fat prick and not even apologise. But not mean it. Bitch. Yeah. You, you can't be such a bitch. There, Devon grabs Triple H, and what I meant to say was he grabs Triple H, and Bubba hits him, and then Leah gets a shot in on Triple H. That's what I meant to that's say. What you meant, I know that's what you meant to say. You just had to take a while to get there. Man. But then when Bubba comes in, the Angle and Triple H briefly manage to work together to work over Bubba Ray Dudley. And Triple H is annoyed because Angle tags Devon like, look, Bubba's there, get him, get him. And Devon, yeah, she comes in, does a wee, uh, yeah. kicks him. With all the effort, fucking fella tip it more effort into kicking Bishop Brown up the arse than Stephanie right, did well, in this kick. Aye, did. That was a great episode, that. <laughs> kick Bubba Ray up the arse. Speaking of what, guess who Guess who just recently bought the box set of Father Ted? Would that be you? That'd I also be had I also had the box set of Father Ted. I also bought the box set of Absolutely Fabulous, too. And I'm sure you're absolutely fucking thrilled with that. I am. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Evo and the Fenrich gets tied back in. It's uh, through the right hands. Then I call that a lifting reverse DT because he, he goes behind Triple H Lynette and lifts him up and slams him down. Yeah. Also, the little netbreaker, kind of like the Scorpion Death Drop that, that's doing it, it's like, why didn't that become a reverse DT? Because you'll, I'm assuming it's because you do that most. Like, yeah. If anything, it's an it's another variation of a netbreaker. It's not a reverse. Yeah, yeah. It's not a reverse DDT. It's just the way that like I get you on that one because sometimes you hear a commentator call a move and you're like, no, that's not what it is, though. No. Like, stop talking push. <laughs> Let but, me date you, cunt. I could date better. They hit. They hit double what's ups or what's ups on there. Right, that's officially a thing now where take the movie I think the commercial had already aired by this point like a, a few months ago they finally did it and then they'll go on and do it long after anybody knows what that means unless you watched it at the time I yeah. know what I know what the what's up so, man I, I saw the adverts so, oh I just knew it was a scary movie <laughs> no it was, a, it was a, I think it was on the Super Bowl that's why no, everybody knows it because it was on the Super Bowl originally that's why everyone knew it yeah but I knew it was a scary movie but look we kill our phone and shot it. Go, hey, what you doing? Nothing. Smoking some bud, watching the game. What you doing, son? Nothing. Just chilling, killing. True, <laughs> true. What's up? I'm doing good. Pick up the phone. Yo, what's up? Yeah. A great movie. Then they got table and like, oh, but they're both down. Stephanie, Bob was like, woman, must look, look put, on Bubba's face. He was like, must ah, put woman through table. Must like, must injure female with table. Woman is in ring. She must be put through table. Ah, and then Triple H manages to st- see Stephanie on that uh, on that, and then Leah tries a moonsault, Triple H avoids that and hits a pedigree on Leah. 
And I want to come back to that in a second. But sure, he's brought other ramp with Diva and Angle stops Stephanie from being through the table again with a low blow. Uh, Stephanie then rolls over and I'm still prone later. And people rightfully so have an issue with the whole thing where Triple H v Booker T like hits the pedigree, takes him a fucking ace to roll over to that long you think Booker's gonna definitely kick out, but Booker doesn't kick out. Mm. It's even fucking worse here. Leah gets pedigreed to a near and yeah, another near miss for the table happens. I know. A brawl, two brawls outside happen, then she gets been like I know Triple H likes to protect his move, but Jesus Triple H, honestly. That's been awfully protective. Yeah. Like, no. Like, she's been down for five minutes. No, no one gets up from the pedigree. No one kicks out of the pedigree. <laughs> while you're kicked out of the... While you're no sold the pedigree, everyone else must now sell the pedigree. The ultimate warrior before the end of his life was a cunt. Yes, yes he was. And I think it's that hard, is a true hard. statement. And that's the only way I could think to neutrally say it. I mean, it's hard for you to be a cunt after you. I mean, well, you know what I mean. At the end of his life, he made peace with people, and he was generally a good guy. Because, like, because, like, I know sometimes people die, and then things, country things come out about them that they did in their life. But really, then that's not them being a cunt after they die. It's just they were cunt in life. You just didn't know about it until yeah, now. Yeah. But no, I just I like the fact that the warrior that he did make peace, especially the fact he made peace with Jake Roberts, which was a hell of a fucking thing. Mm. You know, and I like. Like when he came out on the raw and gave that bloody speech was so freaky mm-hmm. because of the next evening, you know, and it was just insane. But like, you know, he in his wrestling career and in his political and YouTube career, he was an utter cunt bag. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Sting talked about maybe that may have motivated him to come maybe come to WWE, like seeing Warrior come back, who he's former he's the team with when he's yeah both. yeah when they were the, the, the Blade, Blade Runners, Runners. Like Flash and The Rock. Yeah, Steve Borden and Jim Helwig. And then he came in and like, he was talking about, like, it's so weird, man. He's talking about every man's heart beats five and the next mm. day he's gone, man. Yeah. But yeah, then, Stephanie pins Leah, and then Triple H isn't happy because then Ang- she leaps up at Angle Dark Angle's list, and they're like, yay, we mm. won. And Triple H just freaking out, like, no, that's yeah, my event. And he's pointing and shaking, going, shake harder, boy. Ooh, Ooh. I'll get you, Angle. Ooh. I'll get you and your little dog, too. Oh, I'll get you. Sorry, Stephanie. I'll get you. I'll get you, Angle. And your little gold medals, too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that is WWF Smackdown. I mean, there's some uh, other stuff on this, but definitely better than last week. When oh, I it's, did, true. I think. It's, it's true. It's true. It's damn true. true. Basically, given that this Triple H Angle stuff is properly kicking off. Mm. No, I agree. Like, it was... From start to finish, it was a... From start to finish, it was a... Like, a... Pretty top show, you know. I really there wasn't a match I was disappointed with. Uh-huh. Little of them like middle segments I thought yeah. could have like shortened down a little, you know. Yeah. But overall, I'd definitely give it a a thumbs up. I know? I'd give it a thumbs up. It feels like last week they were kind of not like a not like a, mm, like a yeah. yeah thumbs up, no. but a, a thumbs up. I'd agree because like I've I've said before, sometimes it comes like where more than not it's a four week build between pay per views. But sometimes they've got a five-week one, and often those five-week builds, there's one week, and like, it feels like the company built, plans out a four-week build and doesn't realise they've got five weeks until there's a week in, in yeah. there somewhere that fuck all happens or anything develops. I think the last week was that week because they were trying to figure out, like, okay, we've got a new factory, so we don't quite know what to do with it yet, but we're well, going to figure out this we're conspiracy. We're going to figure this stuff out. But now it probably feels like, and, and especially when we talk about next week, it does feel like 
it's everything right now. Almost everything on the show has a purpose. It's building towards yeah. the SummerSlam. There's, there's no, there's no like, mm-hmm. there's no like loose. Yeah. There's no loose plot. Oh, there's no plot holes. There's no loose plot. No loose storyline. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to when we get to SummerSlam in a few weeks. Yeah, well, yeah. After a few weeks, a few more episodes of SmackDown, we've yeah. got three more SmackDowns to go. But like I say, if if it continues in this vein, it should be good watching. You know, yeah, yeah. good reviewing. And I should say, we've got SummerSlam, and something big is going to happen in September. As we're going to get Stone Cold, Stone Cold coming back in September, <laughs> and then shortly after that, Buddy William Regal's going to be here. It's all mm. going to be kicking off. Also, I think around for this time in the real life, I know maybe not in the same vein as Regal or else, but I like I like this person. Uh, Nora, I think it's a reading in real life. I can't remember where her surname was at this point, but Molly Holly basically. Ah. Weirdly, she was Miss Madness in WCW briefly. Also, she would match him, but he basically he's left WCW and he's already started talking to the the WWF mm. to be the third member of the Holly cousin family clan, whatever you think uh. we call them. Do you know I I often forget she was part of the Holly clan. Yeah, I always just remember as Hurricane's sidekick, mm-hmm. Mighty Molly. Yeah, you know. There you go, but Paul, other than, also a thumbs up, but what do you have? May I assume that maybe C Blackman may be also your thing to recommend this week? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I, I, I am a, I am a fucking staunch Steve Blackman fanboy. And, uh, like I say, you must have some wrestlers uh, yeah, yeah, in, okay. in, the, in your own, like you've liked yourself, <laughs> you thought were definitely underutilised, you thought like they deserved more than they yeah. got. Well, Steve Blackman is my guy for that because he was just, he was so goddamn good in ring. Mm. And I never thought he was dull. I never thought he was boring. I just thought he was intense. You know, he was an intense guy and he hit hard. Mm. I loved Steve Blackman. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna give it to the main event because I know Kane's there and I never matched, but I never yeah. big angle with him, but I'm going to give it to this because I remember discovering... Weirdly through watching, I I don't I I went through a weird thing. I sometimes do it every so often if I feel like it, but I went through a weird thing where I'd go back to periods of time I wasn't watching matches I knew happened but I never watched at the time and find promo packages for them and watch the promo packages. Yeah, yeah. Went and I watched a couple of promo packages in a row that basically showcased for me the uh, the angle Triple H storyline and yeah, I really yeah. got into it and getting to see you now week by week. I'm really like, looking forward build. to yeah seeing yeah, it in real time. Yeah. It's so good that, like, like you say, if you've seen it on like a yeah. pay per view promo or something, and you, like you say, you get yeah. to watch the shows and see the the build and the rise and the tension. It's just it gets you really invested, even though it was like twenty odd years ago. You can still get really invested in it. Yeah, I uh, I'm actually I, I went through one of those rebels a few weeks ago. I watched two of the ones I remember watching prominently were. The Belty Taker Michaels May twenty six. Yeah. And uh, a promo package for Bad Blood two thousand four Sean versus Triple H. Oh my, that's a hell of a so much blood. Triple H and Tom Michaels had some some hellish matches. Hell matches, but also some great promo packages for those matches. I think my favourite from that feud Uh, well one of my favourites, because there was so many. uh, But one of my favourites was the initial one, the SummerSlam O two one. You know, like, and that, that one bit in it where it's like, Sean, I swear to you, I'm going to go out and I'm going to find the person that did this. Well, actually, Hunter, we got it. It was you, Hunter. It was you. I want I want you, Hunter, say it. SummerSlam. You know, and yeah. like, and at that point, and 
you know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just because I was such a big, you know, Sean fanboy when he was at his peak. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he had. A, I believe he had a second, a proper second wave mm-hmm. in two thousand and two. Mm-hmm. Up until about two o two to o four, he was still really solid. Mm-hmm. You know, but when he first came back in o two, for me personally, he still looked like Sean. Mm-hmm. You know, like at, at SummerSlam. Yeah, he still looked like Sean for ninety eight. Well, not quite as ragged as Sean for ninety eight, but you know what I mean. I get what you're saying. You know, well, then the the prone baggies for their two, their three stages of the hill are Armageddon set to the mm. old classic Armageddon. The end is here. Yeah, like, yeah. Like when like Bischoff reading out the uh, I have that one on uh, the first two stages in Triple Z's cocky. Then and if it goes to a third, well, Hunter, you're going to face have a match where Shawn Michaels made famous. The ladder and the sudden change and heads to me and Sean Green all come and like ah oh, yeah. yeah, and then like the Rumble you know match at Rumble four was great like where them throwing bad souls back and forth like hey Sean I, I know you I can see you brother but I wasn't well, I wasn't a brother you I was your sidekick wasn't it like yeah and then I broke my back I couldn't w- drag the wagon anymore and <laughs> you picked it up and you ran like yeah I did I was dragging it all the whole time finally you weren't around to stand in my way. <laughs> And then four years later, you dragged your broken ass out of bed and you had to come back here. <laughs> and there's a line that King says in their in the start, the entrances for their Rumble match, which is then used in the Bad Blood 04 bags, which yeah. actually suits the Bad Blood match more than the Rumble match, where he says, Shawn Michaels Triple H have had some classic confrontation of At one time, these two men were closer than brothers, but tonight, after all these years, it's come to this. Oh, I'm getting chills talking about it. I love. <laughs> I like that feud. I know some people thought, oh, the matches were self indulgent. They went too long. Like, fuck you, Deadly they were great. Fuck, fuck you. I had fucking yes, fuck you. Yes, you I know. Don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck you on that one. You know, it's so much so the the, the song that played in the Bad Blood 2004 page. I'm making an executive decision that, but and the song from the Bad Blood 2004 is called Back Arts by the band Twelve Stones. Mm-hmm. That's playing us out. Joe Stone's also, by the way, are the ones that did the song that the next is going to use. Yeah? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's going to play us out. Thank you for tuning in to the Rogue Retro Smash. Sorry yeah, about that weird you. tangent, but promo packages are great. Let us know at Rogue underscore opinions. What's your favourite wrestling video package? Yeah. Yeah, let us know. And um, I, I just want to say I hope I hope that people listening have enjoyed this review yeah. as much as I've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed this one this yeah. is fun yeah i'm probably gonna watch that so michael's package later on anyway i was gonna do that i was gonna go to youtube and watch a whole load of the, the whole like triple h Shawn yeah. michael's promos for that yeah. time period also, also whenever people are in the cell the best announcement of hell in the cell is in that package basically with the music the way they put it together where they got fucking annoyed everybody triple h Shawn michael hell yeah, that's and then the music, they show clips of the hill with the audience who's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, every time someone hears Hell in a Cell, I instantly hear that music in my head. That's how much I watch this match and that promo package is embedded in my brain. I think you seem excited, Scott. I think you need to watch I, it when you I, go home. I'm a seven-year-old boy all over again with my Bad Blood DVD. I don't think I was seven. Maybe. I don't know. I was a very young boy with my Bad Blood DVD. And then again. Yeah, seven. Seven or eight, yeah, because I was born in 96. But, but, but I had my DVD. Maybe you shouldn't have watched the show. I had that and Judgment Day. I had two shows with a lot of bloodshed in it, which was a show how a lot of my parents gave a fuck about what I watched. Yeah, I was 20 then, I think. 19 or 20, I think, Lynn. Because I was, uh, you were born in 96, I was born in 84. 
Yes, but Jeff, we're still good friends. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And have a very strongly opinionated when it comes to Shawn Michaels and Triple H in that time period. Yeah. Fuck yes. Yeah. Well, fucking convoluted cunts. I'm not, I'm not overindulging with the word <laughs> no, I used. Fucking cunts saying it was overindulging. No, was it? Fuck. Anyway, so thank you for tuning in. Make sure to the past episodes of Rogue Man do here in the Rogue Pains podcast. All good Daniel's podcast sites, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you give your podcast. We're going to square pains on Twitter and Instagram. Find me and Paul at Scott McCall's Violin Podcast. We've got some great shows over there. We we really do. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we actually covered Bad Blood very early on in our run of, of being did. a podcast. We did. I remember that. Only two matches are really good on that show. The Triple H match is one of them. The other match is the a match between Shelton Benjamin and Randy Orton, which is well, really cool. Come on. It's Shelton Benjamin and he's peaking Randy Orton. Yeah. Whereas I can see no wrong in that situation. Yeah. But anyway. I hope you enjoyed the song that we're about to play here. And maybe if you enjoy it, maybe you'll look up that video package that I that I just mentioned a little bit ago. Yeah. Maybe you will. I until think you then, should. Until then, we'll see you next time on the Rural Gretchen's Back to interview. See ya.